Welcome to Fright Night Minute, a daily podcast where we discuss the original 1985 horror movie, Fright Night, one minute at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Len. And we want to welcome to our show, it's Friday, and we got Alex Robinson from Star Wars Minute. Hello there. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me on the program. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Really appreciate Thanks. it. <laughs> what, what's your history with Fright Night? Did you watch it when you were younger? Did you just watch it? Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, I um, I think it was one of those movies that I wound up seeing a thousand times on uh, on cable when I was a, a you know, I don't know, thirteen or fourteen years old. It was just one of those movies that was on all the time, and I I really enjoyed the movie. So uh, so I'm glad I got an opportunity to at least revisit one minute of it. But uh, yeah. yeah, I was a fan of it from when I was from when I was younger. I haven't seen it for a, a long time though. Well, we saved a a good minute for you. Uh, this is mm-hmm. minute eighty of Fright Night. It begins with Peter on the run and ends with Raggedy Ed. So we start off with Peter running out of the house like the cowardly lion and Jerry chuckling and resting on uh, Billy's shoulders, just enjoying himself. I love that. Uh, I love that Peter leaves his uh, young protege knocked out on the floor of the uh, foyer there. Just like, you can have him. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that does not seem like a good mentor thing to be doing. <laughs> and I also love that Jerry is obviously having fun at this point at these idiots trying to come in and mess his shit up, you know, <laughs> and just the sight of this old man running with a tail between his legs. <laughs> so Peter runs across the lawn into right into the Brewster home. Like he does not even remember how to knock. He just wasn't even invited. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That is a question that comes up. <laughs> so uh, Peter calls out to Mrs. Brewster. I don't know what is he, what is he expecting. Is he is he? I, have they had a close relationship up until this point? I mean, I did not rewatch the entire film. Uh, Len, what do you think? Is it are, are they close at this point? Because I mean, no. you know, it's, oh, it's my it's my son's older friend. You know, <laughs> I, it was strange, I don't think they've uh, even met. Bad maybe influence. she'd be starstruck. She'd be like, oh, my gosh, you're the host of the, the, the show. And oh, she'd be all like, you know. She actually true. might be. She is kind of slutty. She, she is looking. Like, well, I didn't say that. I just. She's hot to trot. She's hot to trot. We've discussed this before. She's ready. She's ready for a man. We, ha- we have this whole theory that Charlie is actually uh, Quint's son. Uh, so we know she likes older men. So maybe yeah, it would true. work. Yeah, glomming on to the local celebrity. Uh, <laughs> He's a big fish in a small pond, I guess. (laughs) Yes, yes. Local cable access guy. Rancho Corvallis in a cul-de-sac. There's just not a lot of... uh, I mean, you know, there's the the disco club down the hill, but... um, All right, so Peter uh, goes to the phone and he picks up, and it is, this is actually uh, the same phone that Charlie has in his room. It's the same phone that Evil Ed has. Also, it's the same phone that Jerry Dandridge has. Everybody went to Radio Shack during the sale, <laughs> and they all got the same phone. <laughs> I love the uh, the old movie tra- trope of picking up a phone and just start bellowing operator into the into the phone, like hello, hello, like not dialing anything. <laughs> 
<laughs> do kids, do you think um, these millennials, do you think they, do you think they understand the significance of the fact that the wire is cut or would they just be like, uh, I don't know what, you know, like how would that, uh, I, I recently saw a YouTube video that someone did or uh, they gave a rotary phone to two like 17 year old <laughs> boys and said, how would you make a call using this thing? And they were like, they could not figure out how to do it. What? The so. numbers are there. <laughs> I know, but it's a rotary. So they're, they yeah. don't think like, oh, you have to, and not only do you have to dial it, but you have to dial it all the way around to that, to that little catch thing there. You know, it's, it's, yeah. It's not right. intuitive how, necessarily. Right. And how often are these kids actually punching numbers? They're not. Because yeah, if you have to, true. you're just pressing your friend's name. Yeah. And if you had to call the pizza parlor, you look them up on Safari or Google or whatever, and it's going to yeah. it's gonna give you the number that you just have to touch. Yeah, you, so could, not, li- you could literally say, Alexa, call Domino's. And yeah. right. well, you're welcome to whoever just got a pizza. Um, right. <laughs> So well, plus plus you like they don't even like you have to lift up the phone and listen for a dial tone before you can even start, which yeah. is not something you need to do at all with with right. mobile phones. So horror movies does seem like a genre that would be affected by have everyone having mobile phones as opposed to, to dial. For sure. Phones. Yeah. Yeah. So. I was thinking um, when was the last time one could actually pick up a phone and, you know, have the operator there or call for the operator. And, and I, I looked up the whole trope where they would where someone would pick up a phone and start like rattling the hook and yelling mm-hmm. for the operator. And I didn't even even me as a person who was born in the 70s, honestly, has no have I have no idea how that even works. And I looked it up and it's, it's a thing called uh, switch hook flashing. Uh, where you the switch hook the the fo- the where the handset is cradled onto the phone, if you tap it ten times, it actually automatically telephones the operator. So oh. instead of actually winding that big wheel all the way around, you could tap the ten. T- I never knew that, but I, that's ten why they times. T- ten times. Yeah, seems like a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, you could even do, uh, I think it's a four one one where you can like tap it four times, pause, tap it once, pause, tap it one no. time. Yeah. Like Morse code. <laughs> the internet told me, Alex, I kn- it's, it's definitely true. <laughs> wow. Oh. But I mean, I assume he just kind of picked it up with one hand and like mashed the zero with his, uh, his thumb. Cause it's a, it's a touchstone phone from Radio Shack. Uh, <laughs> oh, so there you go. So at least he saved himself that time of, yeah. Uh, do you remember doing this sort of Napoleon Dynamite thing where you have the really long when, – when we had landlines, you'd, you'd take the, the phone into your room with the cord stretched as far as it possibly could be? Yeah, I definitely remember until we got the uh, cordless phone, just slightly different than a cellular – than like a mobile phone. That was like that was like the um, the brackish water of phone evolution. That's a mixed metaphor right there. But you know what I mean. That's the, it's, the, uh, it's the missing link of the, of the evolution because, you know. Right. But, uh, yeah, I definitely remember the phone being all uh, the the those those curly Q wires getting all you know all stretched out like that. But uh, and right, and I and actually a long time ago they actually had like these little cigarette lighters that you could hold up to and and, and talk to like anybody like in a trash compactor or anything like that. I hate to correct you, but technically they're garbage mashers, not oh. trash compactors. So anyway, I love the uh, let's just shift to fright night. The camera from below looking up at Peter and just the look that Roddy McDowell like lands here is is so funny it's just this like this the scared old man I am a I'm a Roddy McDowell fan I okay. mean I guess starting from the Planet of the Apes movies is probably where I first encountered him yeah but then uh you know Fright Night and he was Vincent in the Black Hole and uh, oh and yes so on. of course and, uh, 
And uh, even in college, I saw that movie, uh, How Green Was My Valley. Have you ever heard of that? I've heard of it, uh, but I it, uh, how green was it? Yeah, well, actually, it was black and white, so it was kind of disappointing. <laughs> but, uh, the movie is somewhat infamous because it won the Academy Award for Best Picture the same year Citizen Kane came out. And uh. so it, it beat Citizen Kane for Best Picture. And, uh, you know, it's not a bad movie. It gets it gets kind of like an, everyone's like, oh, they never should have won against Citizen Kane. But it doesn't mean that this is it was a bad movie. Anyway, Rodney McDowell is like 10 years old and it playing like a <laughs> son of a Welsh coal miner or something like that. So Rodney Johnny McDowell has been around like doing movies for 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 forever. Oh god! So I think he's deceased now, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in Goodbye, fact, a, a lot of uh, a lot of his props are over. I, I forget it's a college in Boston that got donated to. It's uh, they have like an archive set up, but they also have that vampire box, that big old giant box oh, that he carries wow. around. They have that, but he I, kept I, it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. He also took uh, film, like behind the scenes footage that's nobody's seen that are just in archives. Hmm. I really mm-hmm. wish we could access it. But I guess because of his uh, long career, he had just so many stories to tell, uh, you know, uh, oh, around yeah, around the set. So I speak like I was there, but it was just stuff I've read. <laughs> <laughs> legends say. Yeah, legends say. Yeah, Fangoria said. Uh, so he's stumbling around, and, and I, my next question is, like, does he not think that somebody could still be in the house if Judy's not answering? Uh, when he runs up the stairs, I'm thinking, Maybe he's bravely trying to rescue Mrs. Brewster after abandoning a teenage boy to be murdered next door. <laughs> it's like, all right, I'll get it back by uh, by saving his mom. <laughs> so he, he runs up the stairs, and I I, I love how the uh, his his cape is fluttering behind him as if he's like a superhero or something. He opens. Do you know, like, guys know what that kind of jacket is called? The one with the built-in cape like that. Is, is the hat the deerstalker, or is the is is it the cape? <laughs> I think the hat is the deer stalker. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah, that's what I was wondering because I, I don't, I don't, I was wondering what that thing was called. I'm not but, really uh, sure, but I bet in an earlier minute I'll definitely tell you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll have to tune in. <laughs> <laughs> so we we see the bedroom, and uh, Evil Ed is turned over playing possum like he is uh, Red Riding Hood's uh, granny. It's just funny. This whole movie is based on Tom. Holland, the director, you know, thinking of doing like a riff of The Boy Who Cried Wolf, where now we have a like a big bad wolf now waiting in mm-hmm. Granny's bed. And yeah, it's this point where I start to wonder is Ed invited into Charlie's house as like, I mean, I mean I'm assuming he is as, as Charlie's friend, but does right. that all change? The, what are the rules? Like, does it change when he's a vampire? Like, now he's not invited? Or oh, so you think once he becomes a vampire, it kind of like resets, and now yeah. it's like, like he's a different um, per- he's a different entity now. So he needs to be invite reinvited back. In. <laughs> I'm You've ruined this movie for me now, Robin, because that's right. How did he get in? Uh, well, maybe once you're invited as a human, it still carries over. You know, that sucks. <laughs> well, it's it's either that it just goes to show you don't make friends with humans. That's what I always <laughs> say. <laughs> That's rules to live by. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I I thought of that, and I was thinking, okay, m- maybe there is a rule in this universe that you would need to be you if you were invited as a as a human before you returned, you that invitation would still be open. But also the fact that Jerry has been invited into the house, so maybe since he's the head vampire, and that uh-huh. maybe. Bill, uh, uh, that adds more of a minion. That's I'm just. It's obviously not laid out in the movie. Like Ed, so Ed doesn't you, turn over and go. Here's why I'm here. 
so if you invite the head vampire over, that's like inviting like the head of the company over and he can bring as many guests as he wants. Yeah, right. All his guests are now welcome to, to come into the house. Wow. <laughs> so you got to be really be careful because if you invite like a, a an especially old vampire, then you could be inviting theoretically, oh, you know, thousands of vampire vamp, right. vampires. Have I been saying umpires in your <laughs> you get thousands of umpires in your in your in your house. Play ball. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So my next question in ruining Len's time here is how does Ed know to wait in Judy's bedroom? <laughs> All the actions happening next door. Ed is like, I could go inside and help my master. I think I'm going to go take a snooze in Judy's bed. <laughs> Uh, maybe Jerry sent him there saying, you know, the first place he's going to run if he gets away is to his mommy. Yeah, that's true. Because he's done that before already. So uh, it's not a terrible place to be waiting, I guess. it would. You know, he's also a vampire, so maybe he heard the front door and maybe he got into bed last minute, you know. Yeah. After he He's already in there rifling through her drawers and stuff. <laughs> oh, what better hide? <laughs> I, I didn't know. Maybe he was there to kill Judy. He was like, I'm going to go kill. I'm going to go kill Chelly's mom. <laughs> you know, <laughs> ran across right. the lot and uh, was like, well, nobody's here. And then heard the door open downstairs. I, I don't know. It's 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 a cool effect because, you know, this this surprise here is fun because we definitely forgot about him after he attacked Peter in his apartment. He crashes out the window and, you know, he got burned by the, the cross and, you know, we haven't seen him. Speaking of the burning of the cross, that blistered makeup around the burn is so gross and so yeah. good. <laughs> uh, Ed is uh, in well, not his full transformation yet, but as a vampire, he's he's looking pretty pretty uh, it's pretty scary. He's got the those hideous fangs. He's got the the pallor. His face is uh, just contorted like a like a corpse. I don't know. And like you said, the cross. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, is there any explanation for where uh, he got this wig? Earlier in the movie, uh, Jerry came into the Brewster house through Judy's bedroom and walked by. And we saw Judy sleeping. And in the background was a Raggedy Ann doll. <laughs> I'm assuming Ed's like, you know, it'd be funny <laughs> if I ripped <laughs> this wig off and threw it on my head. Uh, and it's and not he, even it went wig. through the trouble of doing all that. Yeah. I guess. The technical reason is it was used because they needed something to confuse Peter and they had gone through budget and that's just what they had. That's according to, <laughs> to research okay. I've done. Oh, wow. So you, you, that, they actually covered that. Okay. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Because uh... yeah, it is a, like a pretty big, big, you know, memorable scene when Ed is yeah. like, mm-hmm. you see a lot of, if you see Ed, evil Ed cosplay, usually there's a little red yarn wig on him sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely striking. Uh, it is. And does Peter not realize that Charlie's mom's hair is probably not made out of red yarn? That's just <laughs> the, the delight that Ed has here about pulling a classic horror movie trope of just like uh, Peter says the phone wire was cut. Ed whirls around revealing himself. He's like, I know I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Just the joy that Stephen Jeffries must have playing this role. As we've uh, discussed in the past, the worst part about the uh, vampire makeup job was the contact lenses. At the time, oh. they were they were hard plastic. Yeah, oh boy. Uh, yeah, and they're hand painted. They added glitter, and then they lacquered them, and then they sanded them. And the cast could only wear them for a maximum of twenty minutes because they weren't like real contact lenses. They were blind wearing these, these uh, contact lenses. It sort of adds to the effect, though, because their eyes are red and swollen around the outside, obviously, because they're so weird. <laughs> yeah. So it adds to the scariness of that makeup. 
which to this day, I, I, I think they're the coolest looking vampires in any movie. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah, the teeth of the. I definitely like vampires with like jaggedy, crookedy teeth more so than you know, like the classic, uh, cool-looking regular teeth. Maybe yeah. more animalistic. Those teeth are so off-putting and just like, they're just <laughs> all sticking out all over the place. It's like, uh, yeah. And uh, you know, it's fun watching Stephen Jeffries ta- trying to talk around them. He pulls it off pretty well. <laughs> For the eyes, they they were thinking about using, like, rotoscope and animating a glow in their eyes. But because of budgetary reasons, they, they it pretty much made it uh, infeasible, they said. They, they had to, like, line up a whole bunch of artists for, like, because their heads are obviously moving around, you know. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't do that because I, I, I like rotoscoping in a lot of cases. I, I just don't. I'm glad they ran out of money. <laughs> However, according to trivia, Stephen Jeffries had these contacts. You know, most people could keep them in their eyes for 20 minutes before, like, going, ah, and pulling them out. Uh, he kept them in his eyes for 40 minutes, and for months afterwards, he saw scratches, you know, in his vision. Oh. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> well, the sacrifices we make for art, huh? Uh, <laughs> Speaking of scratches in the eyes, mm-hmm. have either of you ever experienced that? Uh, when I was a kid, um, I was in, like, second or third grade, and we did this thing where uh, it was, we were kids. There was a sandbox at uh, the school, and we would make uh, spend our part of our recess making giant dirt bombs. And then when they would end, they would end the uh, – they would call recess to the end, and we would commence the end of recess by throwing the dirt bombs, you know, <laughs> like, seeing how far we could throw them and stuff. And so one time I got whacked in the, in the face with one of these dirt bombs. And the 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 dirt all like went into my like my open eye, and so I had to go to the doctor and stuff. And they were like, "Well, if it was you know your your I have a patch on my eye and stuff because because my uh, something was scratched in there. I forget the exact uh, terminology. And you know, it's like you go to the doctor and they're like, if it was you know three millimeters to the left, you'd be totally blind now. One yeah. of those kind of every time every time you get hurt, they tell you that. Oh, if it had just been a little bit more, it would have been so much more worse. And then you have a cool story to tell as opposed to like. <laughs> Sand in my eyes. So, anyway, yeah, uh, no lasting damage, thankfully. Although I have terrible vision, so the contacts that they use in Fright Night, somebody described it as so bad, it's like somebody throwing sand in your eyes for two hours. <laughs> I forget oh, what the exact. I've never worn is, contact like lenses. I'm very queasy about the idea. So I, t- I tried a couple of years ago for a vampire Halloween costume, and I managed to get them in, and then it full blown panic attack. It took me like 40 minutes to get. I got one out, no problem, and then the other one I couldn't do it i just couldn't get it out and man it made me feel claustrophobic and i could I, it felt like i couldn't breathe I, I i'll never do it again i hated it so much but uh a few years ago it was right around halloween time i think it's about two years ago now i bought this little plastic werewolf mask if you open your mouth the jaw will open as well and my wife was zoned in on her phone at the kitchen counter and i uh i snuck up behind her and just Made the jaw snap and breathed heavy, so it was just kind of a, you know, spooky little noise. And she turned around in fright or flight. Or night. That's right. (laughs) Uh, She fucking smoked me anyway. She (laughs) swatted that mask right off my face. And when she did, right by the eyebrows, there's little foam squares that are glued to the inside of the mask. It was either her finger in the eye hole or one of those squares scraped across my eye. And I immediately Uh, fell to my uh, knees and she laughed and I was trying to laugh, but man, it it burned. I was like, I think, I think I scratched my eye and you know, I'm a, I'm a whiner. So she was just like, walk it off, man. You know, stop stop being a wench. 
And I, uh, I laid on the couch for a while and it just kept getting worse and I couldn't even open my eyes. So we went to the ER and uh, she was still kind of like, I think you're kind of overblowing this. It can't be that bad until they, <laughs> they pour ink in your eye under the microscope to see the damage. I, I heard her gasp when they did that because she the doctor said do you want to see and no sympathy from any, anybody the doctor the nurses they're all laughing at me uh but it was like i said right before halloween time and i had to wear an eye patch and i was a bartender at the time uh if i never hear another pirate joke in my life i will be <laughs> uh but she got me good yeah the only turning experience- into a really uh, traumatic podcast <laughs> <laughs> injury to the eye stories <laughs> The only experience I have from scratching my eyes is uh, I got LASIK surgery basically because I didn't want to wear a contacts ever. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you guys have gotten that. I don't think you have one, no. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah they pretty much uh, cut a, cut your eyeball open and then <laughs> to like in a half moon shape and then flap it open and completely blind at that point. And then that's when they shoot the laser down in there and then bloop, it heals back up and... Uh, a couple hours later, I was like, wow, I can read that sign now. And uh, you were awake for that? They, yep. they keep you awake? Yep. They gave you, like, a local anesthetic, if I remember correctly. It was, it was, old, it was a few years they ago. They put you in, like, a head brace to lock you in place? I think so, yeah. I was definitely in a chair. I'm, yeah, I'm assuming they... <laughs> Uh, I knew a friend of mine works for one of those LASIK uh, places, so uh, she got she got to tell me horror stories. Oh God! Of, you know the times. You know, doesn't things don't go wrong often, but when they do, so yeah, the part where they lifted the flap up, yeah. you know, to before they shot the laser in, they apparently the way they cut it, they cut it a little too much, and the flap totally broke off oh. and fluttered down onto the ground. Oh and my so God! The, in the middle of the operate, in the middle of the procedure. That everyone was in there on their hands and knees, like they were looking for a contact lens, and it was the <laughs> lens of this person's eye. Can you imagine <sighs> how horrifying that must have been. You just flop it back on there if that happens. I mean, God. I'm sure. I'm sure it's more slightly more complicated. Oh, they, not the flop <laughs> procedure. <laughs> yeah, they put a piece of tape over it. It'll be fine. You know? but, uh, actually, my brother also had it done, and the first time he had it done um, on one of his eyes, when they closed the flap, something got underneath. Oh. And so it got like all like like you know irritated and stuff. So we had to go back in and they had to cut it again and then you know flush it out or I don't know how they got the foreign element out of there. But uh, so, but he he was really glad he got it despite the complication. He yeah. you know he was he was he said it was all worth it. You know? Yeah, it's the best. So, I but yeah. man, complications that'd be. Well, oh, now it's wearing off because you know it, it eventually kind of like loses its uh, loses its uh, potency. Does it really? Yeah, because they say once you get to be about forty or so, your eyes start undergoing dramatic more changes where you might need to use reading glasses or it'll you know so uh enjoy it while you can yeah i i feel lucky at 41 and spend the entire day in front of the computer writing or drawing or just staring at some a screen usually i still don't need glasses or at least i don't know that i do (laughs) (laughs) no you're so special no i don't think i'm special it's just uh 
everything else is going, man. My back, my neck, my hair. It's all going. But, you know, I can see it. I wish the eyes would go, and then I wouldn't see the aging process. That'd be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. The silver lining. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Now you got me worried about, you know, my LASIK wearing off. But, I mean, I had glasses from fourth grade until, like, my late 20s. And now I'm in my 40s, and it's like, oh, the glasses are coming back, so maybe it'd be a good thing. <laughs> well, don't, don't worry about it. There's nothing you can do about it, so just you know, enjoy yeah. it while you can. So, I wonder if uh, you can get rebuzzed, you know, after the flop, uh, the procedure, of course. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure, because I think once you get to be a certain age, your eyes lose some of their their plasticity or whatever. Anyway, I don't know. I'm not right. a doctor. Do not do not take my medical advice. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I definitely want to uh, hit, hit these last couple of notes before we uh, uh, close up because we're running along. But um, all right. So Ed is really enjoying freaking this old man out. And in Fangoria magazine, this article I read uh, it says Stephen Jeffries wishes he had more scenes in the heavy makeup. He says it's great, great fun. At first, I was worried how to make it look real. Should I be a human monster or should I be really sympathetic? But I figured you've just got to go all the way for it. Open your mouth as wide as you can and be as terrifying as possible and evil ed loves putting on a show like that this is his big chance and he does a good job i think <laughs> ed is just such a showman you know like when he yeah. pulls i love it he pulls the wig off and he's like "Oop!" as if like surprise this is not my real hair <laughs> <laughs> then he says that uh you know apparently she's working nights but she left a note and it just seemed like he was trying to impersonate Peter's accent at that point or just being really theatrical about it. <laughs> and when he reaches in his pocket, I look just the, the tongue sticking out as he's doing it. It's just so grotesque with those teeth. <laughs> and, it might have been easy to read that note with the contacts in. <laughs> yeah. Let me get my uh, reading glasses out. <laughs> it's, it's just funny that Peter's just standing there in horror. I, I, it's just like, are you sticking around and waiting for the note to be read, Peter, or are you getting the heck out of there? <laughs> But uh, he pulls it out quite dramatically and just making a whole meal out of this moment. And then the minute ends. So what do you guys think the note says? <laughs> it says, please excuse my son. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> One thing I really enjoy is that when he's when he's doing this whole dramatic thing, how uh, the cat, how he I'm guessing he's just kind of slowly standing up and the cameras sort of going down but it really creates yeah. a kind of subtle uh like impression of him look like levitating or something because you see yeah. you know roddy mcdowell's keeping his eyes keep going up and up and and so it's a nice little bit of uh you know you never see his feet leave the ground but it just kind of gives you that disoriented sort of uh, feeling so it is friday and usually on fridays i do a quick shout out uh to alex and pete from star wars minute but since oh, you're here you. shout out man <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for starting all this, or at least you know oh. gutter balls too, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we're we're both uh, amazed and humbled that there are so many of these movies by minutes shows now. It's uh, nuts. I'm actually just trying to look it up right now, but to see how many there are. Unless you guys know off the top of your head. No, yeah. Well, we'll start at the top now. Um, definitely want to tell everybody it's at moviesbyminutes.com. And uh, yeah, it's 120. There are currently 125 movies by minutes. Probably wow. even more by the time this this uh, yeah, gets published. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Yeah. So, so many movies and so many more movies to do. So uh, get yeah. out there and uh, start some podcasts, people. I, that's what I did. <laughs> 
All right. Well, thank you again, Alex. I don't know what else to say, man. Appreciate it. Really do. Um, oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thank you. May the force be with you. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> yes. Live long and prosper. <laughs> and uh, I think it's time to put a stake in this one. Please follow us on Twitter at Fright Night Min. Oh, I should ask you, <laughs> Alex, do you want to plug anything more than that? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I do a podcast called Star Wars Minute, which okay. is like what you guys do, but about Star Wars. And ah. uh, we do it five days a week. We are currently, I don't know when this is going to air, but uh, uh, we're up to the Force Awakens. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, by the time this airs, we'll probably be done with the Force Awakens and getting ready to do Rouge One. Rouge so one. Uh, go to StarWarsMinute.com or go anywhere where you where fine podcasts are downloaded. I wonder if by then we'll we'll see all the uh, the different cuts that were in the commercials that we never actually saw in the movie. <laughs> uh, Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, f- follow us on Twitter at Fright Night Min. Send your feedback to frightnightminute at gmail.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, I'm Robin. I'm Leonard. Oh, and I'm Alex. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Have a fright night, everyone. <laughs> He's a vampire. A what? (laughs) You're so cool.